There's the Sports Silly Show. <laughs> it's been a crazy day, Scoop. Yes, it's a Monday. It's been a crazy day. So there's been a transition, and I guess this is now my full-time gig, but I'm still going to dip my toes in over on K-Rock. I mean, we're going to be over there for all the pre-games for the Utica Comets. Comets Insider tonight at the 72 Tavern and Grill. With Justin Bailey. I can't wait to talk to him. He's he's like streaky. Kind of had that stretch of five, six games in a row. What's the exact number on that? We got to look that up. I think it was six in a row. Yeah, I think. Uh, but now he's lighting it up again recently. Uh, of course, I, I don't even know how far we dig into the, the rough one the other night on Saturday, the four to nothing shutout. Well, Comets didn't look uh, like they were there. They were just, uh, I don't know if they were tired. I was kind of hoping Belleville would be the tired team after their uh, win the night before, but it was just, they were kind of, Comets were kind of listless. You know, and when you you give up, was it like 13 shots at one point in time? They had th- three goals, I think, you know, uh, and shots were like 13 to 11 at one point. It was not the, not a lot of shooting, but gosh, there was, what was that four on two at one point, you know, and, uh, you know, what's a goaltender supposed to do? They're just tic-tac-toe the puck around you, and it was just ugly. But, you know, they've, it was three games in four days. So when you lose four to nothing – it brings in the phrase yet again for unanswered goals. When you get shut out, see, there's uh. unanswered goals, and, and that's what happened. We'll talk about that in detail. Utica Comments Insiders on the Brother Station 7 to 8 tonight. We're serving you sports over there. Scoop and I will be ready to go to talk some Utica Comments hockey. Don't forget, it re-airs on Tuesdays from 6 to 7 right here on ESPN Utica, ESPN Utica Room, ESPN Radio at 96.5 FM. Trent Cole Show coming up tonight, though, from 6 to 7 with the voice Joe Roberts, who still has not had his baby. So they'll give it was interesting. Listen, last it was interesting to hear some of the just you get to know coach a little bit more. It's really what I liked about it. It's not just the X's and O's and recaps of the games, but you get to know Trent off the ice. A great guy. We've had so many interactions with him. He was having a blast with everybody at the radio station when he was bouncing around a little bit earlier. They were in getting things set up for tonight for the Trent Cole show. That's brought to you by Blend, and that's going to happen. Did you did you enjoy listening to it? I know we were able to give it a listen after the fact. I loved it. Well, yeah, I was I was learning things that were going on that I didn't know were happening. Things about the team, you know, you get some insider information that's not necessarily in the press yet. Also, very excited for the fact that we have some tickets to give out. I thought we should let everybody know that we have five pair of tickets to the Comets in Hartford. That is the New York Rangers. AHL affiliate scoop. It's my favorite team. It's only the other AHL team I really pay attention to. Other than the crunch, you got to know a little bit about them because they're the geographical rival. But we're going to give those out today by six o'clock. Five pair. That maybe caught some people's attention on the that Monday afternoon commute. Maybe it picked you up a little bit. You don't need a cup of coffee. So pay attention for that. We'll give you that chance. Other than that, we got Nick in studio with us. Nick, how are you? Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news out of baseball. Even though we want to get into Utica College and what they did on the basketball court, and of course what Gary Gary the Brain Heenan did with the hockey team up in Oswego, and UCFC, which we'll get to in a minute, major punishment came down for Houston for the cheating scandal in 2017, and it's now resulted in their general manager and their manager, A.J. Hinch, getting fired. They were initially suspended for a year. Houston turned around, 
fired him. And then that brings Alex Cora into the conversation because he was the bench coach for Houston in 2017. And now all that evidence is mounting that there was a cheating scandal with the Red Sox in 2018. I know you're a big baseball guy. What has happened in the last hour or so that we might have missed that you're aware of? Well, nothing much really, just more of the same, more evidence presented against A.J. Hinch about how he doesn't look good and how he's just been covering it up a lot of the time. Nothing really new has come out, but just, it's like I was telling you earlier, I the the firings of Lunau and Hinch is more of a Houston punishment than a, than a Major League Baseball punishment. That's right. So I still don't think MLB and Rob Manfred really did enough here. It's like that whole Braves thing I was telling you earlier. They did. They got punished for more. They they got punished more for what I view as a less egregious crime. So I don't know, especially talking about how you need to drop the band hammer and not the band hammer, but just drop a huge punishment. And that maybe we got our expectations a little high. It was kind of underwhelming, but I don't know. I still think there could have been a little bit more to be done. As I, as I said earlier, it, it's more egregious because it happened and they won the World Series on top of it in 2017. And you know what? It led to a record-breaking year for the Red Sox, and they won the World Series in 2018. So don't let me hear that the Yankees buy championships anymore. You guys cheated. And you said it best. The last two teams to win the World Series had to cheat to get by the Yankees, who have had last year's great seasons by any other measure. Am I wrong? You're you're right. And one thing I didn't bring up that I, I wish I would have is that it makes the Nationals winning against the Astros even more sweeter. Yeah. That they were the scrappy underdog Washington Nationals were able to beat the the cheating Giants and the, the Houston Astros. Then again, you could look at it, though, they, they beat them even though they cheated and the Yankees couldn't. Damn. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You got that, too. But there is that, too. But I don't know. It's just it's just a sucky thing to see back in baseball. You, you kind of feel like you got past all the steroid nonsense, and there's a juice ball, and now the last two world champions, or at least other than the Nationals, two years previous, are cheater scoop. I do think, though, that the punishments will be enough in terms of encouraging teams to not do this any further. Do you, I mean, Nick, I, I get your sense. You, you feel that the punishment should be a greater punishment. I don't know about the $5 million. I think maybe that's a little low. I think it's good that uh, these guys have been suspended for a year. So, I mean, and shortly after they were fired by the Astros. But, I mean, it's obvious that the league is saying we're not going to stand for this, but is $5 million enough? And is it enough of a deterrent to keep other teams from doing this? You know, I think is sign stealing, you know, when you use your own two eyes and that's, that's always been part of the game. I'm, I don't have so much of a problem with that, but when you're using these instant replay rooms to this effect, to this end, I mean, that's gotta be a hundred percent discouraged. Oh, Absolutely. I think the problem with sign stealing lies in if you have to use a third party. Like if I'm standing on second base and I'm able to decode the sign that the catcher makes and I go back to the dugout and say, this means this, that's fine. Because like you said, I used my own two eyes. I used my knowledge of the game around me to impact. But if I had to go and hire somebody else just for the sole purpose of finding out something that that I can also do on the field easier... That's it's the whole electronic aspect that that breaks it for me. I would agree with you 100 percent. 
Sports Illust Show here on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, 96.5 FM, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we kind of got things started last week, and we're getting back into it on a Monday afternoon with a lot going on. And that Houston, that huge news out of Houston just kind of threw a bunch of stuff to the side because there's the Syracuse win over Virginia that we've been talking about. There's a national championship game tonight for LSU and Clemson where we've all heard, we brought it up, we've been laughing about it, the dad joke about the Tigers winning it tonight. It's not Tony the Tiger, but it's going to be one of those two teams. We're all on the LSU bandwagon thinking they're going to win this. Joe Burrow's Heisman Trophy winner. It's looking like it's going to happen for LSU at least. But then again, I was wrong about a lot of things in the NFL over the past couple of weeks in the playoffs too. That's why you play these games. LSU has beaten better competition, I think. It's six ranked teams over the course of this season. They're an offensive juggernaut. Uh, I just don't think... Clemson has enough. I mean, realistically, Clemson needed some help from the officials to get by Ohio State. And I don't know that Ohio State could have beat LSU. I just think they're the class of college football this year. Yeah, we're going to talk about this a little bit deeper a little bit later on in the Sports Illustrated Show. We have Jerry McNamara that's going to join us to give us a better breakdown of Syracuse against Virginia. Uh, We talked to him on Mondays. Get, Get used to that if you're out there listening in sports radio land. But Utica College had a had a good weekend. The Pioneers and Nick in studio with us is of course a current is a senior there now. And let's see, let's let's start with the hockey team because that's just one game to deal with. Uh, they they scored a late goal and they are now up to number six in the country. They were number seven previously. The Lakers were ranked at fifteenth, I believe, and I'm sure they'll drop down. I didn't see where their ranking had moved to, but that is a huge statement win. I mean, they're five and zero against nationally ranked teams this year. It's a damn good team this year. I'm I'm excited for the prospects of this team. How hyped is everybody on the campus, Nick? Well, I haven't been able to get back to the campus since the. Oh, win. that's right. They're still on. You're still on yeah, break. We're still on break. Yeah. But from what I'm seeing on social media, everyone everyone's hyped. Boy, I'm clearly not college age. I totally forgot they're still on midwinter break, scoop. And a couple of games in Wilkesbury <laughs> uh, this weekend. You got uh, Wilkes College and Kings College. So, uh, you know, and this is a yearly trip for them. They made this trip last year. Uh, good opportunity to to get some wins, a little road trip, a little team bonding, and and try to keep it going. Things are going really well for them right now. I mean, like, like you said, five wins over ranked opponents is huge. You know, that pad that resume for, for tournament time. Gianluca Baguetta, goaltender, 29 saves. Just a great game. They're 10-2-2 two two on the season, 6-0-1 in non-conference play. I mean, good things happening for the brain. And, of course, his goop always looks real good. We'll get him back in here soon enough. Sean Coffey, the head coach of the basketball team, will be in here with us. We'll give you a little coffee for three on Thursdays. He's planning on that again. You'll hear him right off the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. couple wins for them, though. They beat Elmira 83-64 to Friday night. They turn around Saturday morning out to Oneana and they play Hartwick and then they beat Hartwick as well. 85 to 75, man, we were a little bit concerned with the early, you know, the quick flip around the next day, that early start time getting out there, those legs, are they going to be there? But we've just seen that this is the best team that Sean Coffey has coached thus far in his four years. An eight game win streak for Sean Coffey now, which is, I believe the best he's had up to this point. Uh, Utica College. Are you impressed with some of the performances on this team and the way this this Utica College Pioneers men's basketball team is taking shape this year? I mean, just a few games deep in the EA in conference play now, 
And that's what you want to see. They're steamrolling 3-0 and so far in the conference. Oh, absolutely. One guy I want to point out, Hunter Remley. I, uh, I had the chance to sit down with him a couple months ago, and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met. One of the most humble, and he's, he's pretty good at basketball to show for, especially beyond the arc. Here's that one stat that he made six threes in the game against Hardwick, tied his season high like he did in Casanova. I called that Casanova game, and he was electric. He's pretty much a catch-and-shoot type of guy, and when he does it, he is it is something to see, especially coming back after that gruesome injury he had last year. It's That's a guy that everyone on campus is rooting for. Nice to see Comedric, too, the beast in the middle. Junior center Comedric Murphy, uh, let's see, in the win over Hartf- uh, Hartwick, excuse me, a third double-double this season. He had 10 and 12. And then looking at what he did in the game against Elmira, uh, he put up, let's see, 13 points, six rebounds, and just his presence in the middle. For those that aren't familiar with Comedric Murphy or haven't heard us talk to Sean Coffey yet or, or been out and seen a game, Nick, explain to everybody again on coach's behalf. He's a big dude. What a big dude Comedric Murphy is. Yeah, he, well, for just to put in perspective, his nickname on campus is The Hammer. Yeah. The Hammer. He's, I'm going to get these numbers wrong, but the last time I checked, he's 6'8", 315. I know the 6'8 thing is accurate, yeah. 315, built like an O-lineman. And moves like a running back. It's funny because Coach Coffey has said he might be 340, but we'll go with that. We'll go with what's in the media guide right now. He's just its just a, one of those freak big dudes that you would never think is athletic, but he really is. I've seen a lot of video and highlights and things like that, and it's, it's kind of remarkable how well he moves. I mean, I'm like, wow, I could never do – I would never be able to get off my couch if I was as big of a dude as you. And the, the cool thing about this Hartwick game is – we know they're a good team. UC was trailing at the half. Yeah. So there was adversity there that the team, and this is something we touched on last week with regards to the, the program with Coach Coffey. There was adversity there that they had to battle through, and they just blew up in the second half. Uh, the buckets just started to really fall for UC. And they, they got a big win, and, and eight in a row now. So looking at the hockey team, uh, next up is Kings College. It's an away game. They're in a stretch where they're on the road. Uh, then they turn around and they play Wilkes on the 18th. Those are both in the Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania area. I think we got Wilkes first, then Kings. You see, Kings on the 17th, Wilkes on the 18th. Okay, all right. Uh, of course, I, I printed off an official schedule. That might be a misprint, but I'm going by what's in front all of right. me on officially off the website. I and got something else in front of me that says something different. That's why we'll make sure we get that together. But I'm, I'm I'll, we'll go with that. Needless to say, a couple games this weekend. And as far as the basketball team, next up for them, it looks like St. John Fisher. But we'll get an update on that with Coach Coffee once again on Thursday. Going to take a break here on the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, ESPN Utica, Rome at 96.5 FM. It's the Sportsilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And, of course, you can always listen to the show wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google Play, Spotify. You can have your Amazon Echo or Echo Dot Alexa play the Sportzilla show. Just say open ESPN Utica Rome after enabling the skill with your phone. So we're here. If you miss any of the show, you plenty of places to catch up with it. Sometimes I like to rip down the fourth wall of radio 
So in our opening segment, we had a technical difficulty like right off the top and it screwed up everything for like the first three minutes. But you don't want to get into that when you're on the air. So we <laughs> we go to the commercial break and we're like, whoo, we get to reset. Finally, I feel better now. We can focus. We had to we had to scratch a few things together, but there's so much going on. But we can talk some football now. Actually, we could throw out a quick uh, shout to Ryan Hall. Let me do that before we do anything else, because he will be back in here soon. They did. I know there's a lot of soccer fans. I don't want to bury that and, and move on past that. Seven to five against Harrisburg. So congratulations, UCFC. And I promise we'll get Ryan in here for further breakdown and analysis of the soccer team. Yeah, they had a lead, lost the lead, had to come back to win it. But big win for him over Harrisburg. Now we move on to the NFL and conference championships. They're all set. It's uh, Kansas City, Tennessee, and San Francisco and Green Bay. And I blew up your spot a little bit earlier today. Uh, but once again, Salomon, Tennessee, they are not expected to be where they are. That is the biggest surprise so far amongst the four teams that could go on Super Bowl Sunday in three weeks. Well, if only the Seahawks could have got a Derrick Henry-like performance out of Marshawn Lynch, you know, we might be talking about a different uh, matchup coming up next week. You know, uh, but Derrick Henry, it's just unbelievable. The, the guy ran, ran for 195 yards Saturday, and that's three games in a row in which Derrick Henry has been at least 180 yards rushing. No player since the NFL's 1970 merger has done that ever. Can you answer me how the Chiefs can put up 51 points after 24 by Houston to start the game and Eric Bieniemy isn't given serious consideration for an NFL head coaching job when you are constructing an offense like that that can put up 51 in a playoff game? I would have loved him as the new Browns coach. Of course, they hired uh, Kevin Stefanski over the weekend from the Vikings. But yeah, I he seems to be a logical choice. You were saying, I, I want him for the Giants. You know, he, I you're... was interested in him. I won't even lie. Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't know. I've got to deal with Joe Judge and, and figure out what that's all about. And we've got to see the product on the field before we can even speculate whether it was the right move or the wrong move. But you did bring up Marshawn Lynch. Can I play it for you? Yeah. The post game. A lot of you have seen it on social media. Is this your favorite thing today, Nick? It's one of my favorite things. It's definitely one of my favorite things. If you did not hear Marshawn Lynch, Beast Mode's post-game comments, and he is not one for talking to the media. He gave us 46 seconds of nothing other than Beast Mode. Retirement, and it's good. Now, I done been on the other side of a retirement, and it's good when you get over there and you can do what the you want to. So... I tell y'all right now while y'all in it, take care of y'all bread. So when y'all done, you go ahead and take care of yourself. So while y'all at it right now, take care of y'all bodies. You know what I mean? Don't take care of y'all chicken. You feel me? Don't take care of y'all mentals because, look, we ain't lasting that long. Um, you know, I had a couple of players that I played with that, you know what I mean? They no longer here no more. They no longer. So, I mean, you feel me? Start taking care of y'all mentals, y'all bodies, and y'all chicken for when y'all you know, ready to walk away, you walk away and you be able to do what you want to do. But I appreciate it. Thank y'all. I think I could, I could just sit and listen to him talk about whatever and give life advice all day. Marshawn Lynch, beast mode. It's the sports Illustrated show. I got to get this right. The glue guy just walked in our boss. It's ESPN radio, Utica, Rome at 96.5 FM. You got that right. I've, I've been trying to get that right for the better part of a week now. So thanks for joining us. 
Thanks for having me. Welcome back. <laughs> I don't know where you were. The glue guy keeps things together. We were just kind of laughing at the fact that we all want chicken now because Marshawn Lynch was talking about that and keeping your mind right and things like that. It's wise advice, but he has a cadence, as I've said, that I don't think I'm going to imitate that now. I'm going to move on from that. I was doing that a little bit earlier, annoying everybody. <laughs> but he is a beast. I, I mean, he produces. He got a couple touchdowns. He didn't get, he didn't get a lot of yards. No, he didn't. Uh, and if they would have got a more Derek Henry-like uh, performance out of him, we might be talking about a different result. But they did hand it off at the one-yard line. They did hand it to Marshawn Lynch, and he scored. So all that's done now, right? No, they still don't have a Super Bowl because of it. He didn't rule out coming back next year either. Did you catch that, by the way? I did. He did not say he would, but he did not say that he wouldn't. So, yes, there's a chance on that. Would you like to see another year of beast mode, Nick? So you're telling me there's a chance. I'm telling you there's a chance. I mean, sure, why not? Marshawn's Marshawn's one of those fun players to watch. Yeah, and he's worth it just for stuff like that that you just heard in the post-game press conferences. So who's going to the Super Bowl? That's the question. I keep saying, oh, no, no way, Tennessee. I, I've not predicted them to be victorious at any point, and here they are. San Francisco and Green Bay should be a great game. I mean, good luck shutting down Kansas City's offense. going to be a couple of good games this week, and we've got all week to talk about them, obviously. Are you ruling out the Patriots? Yes, I'm going to say that the Patriots okay. are not going to win the Super Bowl this year, but we all know. Uh, uh, if I hear, I'm so glad that the game is today, so it's over, so we don't have to hear about the Tigers winning it. Oh, I know. That joke. That's all Golik and Wingo was talking about this morning. I love a cheesy dad joke like the next guy, but it's just too much of that at this point. And people doing that. Like, yeah, people doing that. Doing that to you, too. It's infiltrated everybody's life. Scoop, are the Titans going to move on to the Super Bowl? Are they going to win? You, are, you have Boy, been... Boy, I, I really... You've been on this, man. I, I think they're going to play the Chiefs better than the Texans did. But that game was just so bizarre yesterday. I mean, 24-point lead, and I'm going, look at this Texans team. And then it's all Kansas City after that first quarter. you know. And they literally, they take the lead going into the half in the second quarter. Yeah. I mean, that was a nuts first half. The, the second half was kind of a bummer because then the Texans couldn't really do anything. But I just, Tannehill... He barely gets the. I think he's under 100 yards in these last two playoff games. I just don't think they'll have a, enough on the scoreboard to beat the Chiefs. That said, it's the same recipe: hand the ball off to Derrick Henry and kill clock, and keep Mahomes off the field. I mean, uh, Baltimore won the time of possession Saturday night, but. They were pushed just enough. They fell behind, and then uh, Lamar Jackson has to maybe play a little bit outside of himself, tries to do a little bit too much. Threw the ball too got much. A, got a panic. Yeah, threw the ball a lot. For, you know? for their offense, I think so, at least. So uh, they, they got put in a position they didn't want to be in. And I think Tennessee could do that to them, but I just don't. I don't know that 100 yards from Ryan Tannehill is going to be enough for them to to beat Patrick Mahomes. Now, if the Chiefs self-destruct, like they were really self-destructing in that first quarter, and and they don't wake up, and uh, Tennessee can just like beat you into a sleep with that running game. I think Tennessee can win it, but I'm still going with the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be a much closer game. I think I saw a stat that said that Kansas City is like, Three and nine now at home 
during playoff games. So they have a losing record at home. In one of the toughest environments to play in. Yeah. It's, it's no joke out there. Can uh, we just, before we, we get into our next break, and we, we got a minute or so left here, glue guy, can you apologize for your guy or make an excuse for your guy, for Julian Edelman? So Julian Edelman got drunk, and he was jumping on the roof of the hood of somebody's car in Beverly Hills on Saturday night. And this By the is, way, he was partying with uh, Paul Pierce. That's too. what I was going to ask you about. So he was out with Paul Pierce, yeah. a former NBA player. Anybody else? Uh, there's someone else, but I'm blanking on it right now. Okay, when apparently uh, getting their drink on, it would seem obvious at this point, and they ended up getting arrested. We were laughing because Julian Edelman is the same guy a couple years ago after the Super Bowl. That girl was like in bed with him and tweeted a picture of him, the poor guy. I mean, I know. Crazy stuff like this happens to him. So the playoffs over the weekend were crazy, correct? Yeah. Julian Edelman gets arrested. The Patriots don't know what to do with themselves when they're not in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, yeah, I See get how that. it comes back around? Yeah, they're used to preparing for the Super Bowl or, or the conference championship. So Julian doesn't know how to act without football involved. Got all this free time. <laughs> I'm going to go stomp a car hood. Scoop, it's hilarious, though, don't you think? Well, yeah, he was getting his drink on. And, you know, of all places to jump on... A car hood. He he does it in Beverly Hills. You know, they, he might have got away with that in Englewood. You know, they, that sort of stuff happens all the time. Maybe nobody would pay him any mind. Couple things of note: uh, ESPN rumored to be offering a multi-year deal, ten to fourteen mil annually, to a guy named Tony Romo. Interesting. There's there's a lot of counterpoints to that. You got to think about that. If, first of all, Booger McFarland done. Thank God. If that's the case. But then you take them off, you know, your weekend games. I mean, I think it's a great move for them, though. Oh, he's, agreed. He's the best in the business. He's a natural already. Look, Jason Witten was terrible on Monday Night Football. Booger McFarland is even worse on Monday Night Football. Remember how last year they were doing that Booger wagon? Yeah, it was terrible. And people had to watch an ESPN delayed broadcast behind him. While he's broadcasting the game, people were yelling at him to get out of the way. They so, were. They were. So Tony Romo being in the booth will be a lot better. And if he keeps predicting stuff like he does, it's going to be great. He's he's just so awesome to listen to. So I want to just leave you with a tweet. We've literally sent a man to the moon with a technology in a T-184 calculator, and we cannot put a chip in a football to see if somebody got a first down. Or the field, either or. What do you think? They can certainly do that. But the NFL is, it's corporate arrogance. Eh, we don't have to spend that money. You know, they're a billion-dollar industry, for crying out loud. You know who would take advantage of that, though? Bilicek. Sure. All of a sudden, the chip gets taken out. It's broken. I don't know what happened. Yeah, that's... That would be what Bill would do. That's what Boston sports teams do. Let's take a break. It's the Sportsilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Hey, do you want to give away some tickets? Oh, yeah, I got to do the ticket thing again. 315-768-1310. 315-768-1310. Tickets to Comets and Hartford on Wednesday night. Tickets to Comets and Hartford on Wednesday night. And now we can go to the break. The, the Sportsilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. So it's time to win some more Utica Comets tickets. Comets Hartford on Wednesday. That's the Rangers AHL affiliate. 315-768-1310. 315-768-1310. You can call now. We'll give away a couple more pair. Don't forget, 
The Trent Cole Show is on a little bit later on tonight right here on ESPN Utica Rome. But we have a chance to talk to Jerry McNamara on Mondays. So let's get him on the phone. Scoop and I are sitting here, and we were talking a little bit about the game tonight, the national championship. You're going to see a Heisman Trophy winner. You're going to get to see some well, some guys who might make a little bit of money in the NFL in this game, I have a feeling. And the Tigers win either way. Jerry, have you heard that goofy joke nonstop? I mean, who's it going to be tonight? Who do you think wins this tonight? What do you got for a spread laying around the house at the McNamara household when you're watching? <laughs> Tell us about it. LSU, I've, I've been saying it for weeks. It seems like it's the team of destiny. Um, you know, I... It's funny, I saw a Joe Burrow interview where, I don't know if you guys have seen this, I thought it was hysterical, where he's drinking a bottle of water and a reporter was asking him, you know, well, it's a picture of his younger self. I don't know how old he is, a little scrawny kid, and they said, uh, you know, does this look like a, you know, what would you tell this kid? And, you know, does this look like a Heisman Trophy winner? And he said, darn right it does. Yes. What, would, what, would your, what would your advice be to this kid? He looks like a national champion, you know? So, you know, Burrow's obviously playing with a, you know, a, a different type of swagger. And, you know, they have their sights set on a national championship. And they've, they've been terrific. They really have. They've, they've been great all year. And then Clemson coming into the Ohio State game, it seemed like, you know, early on that game could have gotten out of hand. And if you go back and even the game we played against them on our football schedule, um, you know, we had multiple opportunities in the red zone to score, and we just couldn't get it done. That's what their defense has kind of prided themselves on. So I think if that game could have got out of hand quick, the Ohio State game, and they could have put them away early. They just couldn't score in the red zone. And, you know, Clemson hung around long enough to get hot offensively. And, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to pretend I know a heck of a lot about football. I know that these are the best two teams right now in college football. I know that Ohio State probably had that coming in because Clemson wasn't necessarily tested as heavily as those two teams coming into the playoffs. And, uh, I know one thing, I just like seeing competitive championship games and, you know, either way this goes, you know, I've always liked Clemson. You know, it seems like LSU is the team of destiny, but, you know, like, like, like Dabo puts it, little old Clemson seems to get it done and they've got it obviously rolling. And, uh, you know, I'm just one of those guys that likes to see entertainment. I, I, I could care less which way it goes, but, you know, for two and a half hours, if I sit down and watch this game, which I intend to do, I wouldn't mind being entertained. Number 18, Virginia loss to Syracuse, 63-55. to Syracuse hit five three-pointers in overtime. Actually outscored, Syrac- you guys outscored yourselves in the second half of this game. Everybody's talked about that ridiculous shot that Buddy made. Uh, the team was 8-7, and 1-3 and three in the ACC going in. Virginia, of course, 11-3 and three and 3-1 three and in the conference. And now the team's nine and seven, and this is a chance to just go. Phew! Um, there's a lot of people out there, Jerry, and I'm sure you've heard the chatter, the the expectation of how is it, how are they going to beat this team, especially after what happened in the first game of the season, and then everybody's getting nervous, going, and then look at the schedule after that. So this is a yeah. resetting kind of win, a galvanizing win, in my humble opinion. But uh, you're just your general overview of a big win for the team. Yeah, you know, I think we've gotten a lot better since that first game of the year. They're, they're as difficult an opponent as you can open up with because you know what you're going to get defensively. They're just so sound defensively. They eliminate a lot of opportunities for you in the pick-and-roll game, which most most offenses are predicated on. And, um, you know, with the young group coming in, we had Italy, which was a good kind of springboard for us. But with a young group that hasn't faced you know, much competition and was trying to find themselves to figure out who we were with our rotations and what we had and how things were going to play out in game. Uh, really, really difficult opponent to open up with, and we performed pretty poorly in that. Uh, but we've gotten, you know, significantly better offensively in that time frame. And, 
you know, it's unfortunate because the Notre Dame and Virginia Tech games were both in our grasp. We, you know, we controlled a good majority of that. We gave up too big of a run there in the second half against Virginia Tech. I think it ended up being 21 to four and they got going offensively from the perimeter, which they're more than capable of doing. And they did against us two four point plays we gave up, Um, you know, but our guys, you know, I've said it on the show before is, the one thing that we've known about this group, regardless of what has happened in the loss category, is they've never stopped preparing. Um, you know, we, we've always practiced in and practiced out. They've been willing to put in the work of what we thought could help them. and uh, They've come ready every day. They didn't let a few losses deter them from how they prepared. And, you know, I hate to say it, but you're sitting, you know, looking back and you're two possessions away from being 11 and five and four and one. Uh, that is not the scenario we're in. We're not in seven, two and three, but, um, you know, you could easily be in that, you know, that category, a few possessions in both the Notre Dame and Virginia Tech game, which we weren't able to capitalize late, which we were able to capitalize late against Virginia. You know, going in, we hadn't been in any close games coming into conference. Everything had been double digits and, you know, now you're in it for the first time. When we saw in the Notre Dame game up four, we, you know, we turned it over twice offensively where we had opportunities to extend it to a full two-possession or three-possession game. So uh, same thing, Virginia Tech, we just got sped up a little bit and weren't able to capitalize when it mattered most. So, you know, it's nice, you know, you're playing your third game in a row in a, uh, a tight game, and we actually lose the lead, and we end up coming back. Um, you know, the, the pass that Marek made to Elijah Hughes on the wing, he regained the lead, was terrific. Uh, we come down, Joe Girard hits a big three, and then we get a steal that leads out to another terrific pass for Buddy to take a seven-point lead in overtime. So we were able to capitalize a little bit better, execute a little bit better. We were a little more patient down the stretch offensively, making them defend multiple actions, working through Marek and uh, finding some open shooters and getting to the foul line. I thought Quincy, even though he was in foul trouble and never really had a rhythm in the game, when he got back in for good after Brahma fouled out, he made some really, really big plays in that game. You know, the pump fake to get a foul, the you know, go one for two to regain the lead. And then the, the drive that he made along the baseline and dished it off to Marek, and Marek was able to get fouled. So, uh, you know, Marek playing the extended minutes he did with four fouls was huge. It's huge. One of the best, it's just absolutely huge for us, you know, how intelligent and difficult that is to play against the front line of that, that caliber with Huff and Diakiti back there with their size. Uh, for him to play as many minutes as he did with four fouls was absolutely crucial for us. We Everyone knows how important he is for us, and – uh, one of those games it was nice. I walked out of the gym with Quincy, and yeah, I just you're talking about young guys that are trying to figure it out, and you know, a guy that's always been a, a big time scorer. You know, Quincy led the Adidas circuit in high school in scoring. Um, you know, and, and you know, I just reiterated to him on the way out how proud I was of him. Like, listen, man, you need to understand this. What you did tonight was not going to show up on the box score, but you are completely vital to why we won this basketball game. So, you know, for us to win games like that against quality opponents, we're going to have to have everybody contribute, and, and, and we did that the other night. From your perspective, how rewarding is it for you to see these players that you're coaching up, all their hard work it culminates in a win finally, and then how fleeting is the, uh, the, the feeling of enjoyment after a win like that? How soon do you put it away and start to work on the next game? Uh, I think you give yourself to answer the first question. Yeah, you know it's it's it's, it's so nice. You know, people from the outside. You know, it's easy to judge and you get frustrated because we haven't won at the caliber that we expect to. 
Um, but, you know, from the outside, you don't see the work behind the scenes and how hard these guys are on themselves. So it's nice to see them kind of get over a hump in one of these games. Um, and then the second part is, you know, I think you take that night, you take the plane ride back. Um, you know, there's, there, there's very few things in this business that are more rewarding than a road, a road win. Uh, they're very difficult to come by, and when you do it against the caliber of a team like Virginia in a, in a building that they've been almost unbeatable in, um, it's a little bit sweeter. Uh, but you take that ride back and you enjoy it, and then once Sunday comes, you're you're moving past it. You know, you understand that you're you're going to turn around and face an opponent in in BC who just beat that team. You know, they did it on their home court, but they beat that team. We know how that how difficult it is to beat Virginia, and and they just did it as well. So you know, you got to turn around, and you know, I think the other thing goes back to what we just talked about is you know the way our guys kind of look at it as a competitor is like, man, we should be three and zero in these games. You know, that's the way I think of it. That's what we demand of ourselves. Um, I don't think we'd be at this level if we didn't expect that. Um, so more than anything, you you enjoy it. You enjoy every win. You, you beat yourself beat yourself up over every loss, but um, you, you try to use everything as a springboard to motivate yourself for the next step. And that's, that's the mind frame we're in right now is, all right, you know, that, this was great and it was fun while it lasted. Let's move on and try to recapture and, um, you know, live that feeling again Wednesday night. It wasn't just Marek. It was the whole team. I think 55 points given up to Virginia in these circumstances in their house just shows an overall commitment to defense. You got to be generally overall happy with the defense. But the last question I want to ask you today, Jerry, courtesy of Drivers Village, we get GMAC on with us on the Sportsilla Show every Monday on ESPN Radio, is about the jacket. I have to, because it was all over social media, and they blamed Julie. I think Julie took credit for that. But Jim has some stellar linings to the jackets, and he had, and we've had our, I think it was our fifth jacket throw of the year, but Jim throws the jacket with the pictures of him throwing the jacket in Duke. I mean, we've jumped a shark there, Jerry. It was, it was fantastic. Do you sit back and, and kind of chuckle a little bit of stuff like that? Yeah, I've seen the writing before. Uh, it, is, uh, it is pretty terrific. It is. It really is, man. It really just is. You know, there's really no other way around it to have a jacket and picture of yourself throwing a jacket and then throw the jacket of the picture that you're throwing a jacket. Um what is the but quintessential is, you know, just, lining for you inside of a jacket then? I've got to figure out what that should be, and we have to get that done for you, man. I have one jacket with just the number threes all over it. Okay. So that one's pretty cool. It's actually a tuxedo jacket. Um, so, But to answer, to you know, to go back to the original you know statement you made about the defense, you got to understand, too, is every, every opponent you face is different. And, you know, for instance, we're coming off Virginia Tech, who, you know, going into our game is the, the league leader in three-point shooting um notre dame before that league leader in three-point shooting and every you know every every team's gonna pose a different obstacle for you to overcome and you know going in you know that virginia isn't quite the three-point shooting team that the previous two opponents are they they you know impose themselves inside and they showed that when they came to syracuse in the first game you know you know you're gonna have to deal with huff so you know, the, the biggest thing is you got to understand from a defensive perspective is, you know, you try to take away strengths and um, the reality of it is they just weren't as capable from the perimeter as other teams. You know, you could play a team like Virginia Tech, who most people are saying, you know, they're they're not going to win as many games as the Virginia, but they might give us more issues for Virginia, you know, if that makes sense. So, 
um, you know, all these games are going to be different. You got to prepare and try to game plan as best you can and give your guys the best opportunity to win. And to, to our guys credit, we, we really did a pretty good job um, of understanding what we were trying to do defensively and taking away some things and, and they were able to execute. But more than all that, I'm, I'm just more proud when we lost the lead and we got down five, we didn't panic. We executed, we made some shots and our guys stuck together. That's, that's, that's the type of things that it takes to win games. I, I appreciate Jerry, first of all, the time every Monday, but those conversations like you described with Quincy or watching somebody like Joe Girard, who reminds me so much of you when you played and that passion and things like that. Those are the little things that make successful basketball players, but more importantly, they go on to be successful men in life. Jerry, can't wait to talk to you next Monday. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks. Jerry McNamara, who, of course, is with us, courtesy of Drivers Village, every Monday on ESPN Radio.